This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. One, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I'm back. I'm your host, Preach Jacobs. Find us at mobetasoul.com. Our sponsor, enter code Negro, save 10%. Um, I'm going to get with the shits because it's been a long time since I've had this pod. And um, we have the homie that's been on here plenty of times, and we need to have our own thing. We've been talking about oh, that yeah, for the yeah, longest. Yeah. We're going to put it together. <laughs> it's the dark beige bastard <laughs> in the building, you boy. <laughs> The Dr. Napoleon Wells. What's going on, family? How are you? What up, man? Listen, I'm glad you're here. We were trying Mm -hmm. to work this thing out pretty quickly because... and I'm going to have this out probably today. Cause okay. The, so okay. Wakanda Forever came out on yes, Friday. It, yes, it surely did. Yes, I, it surely I saw did. it on Thursday night. Likewise. And um, <laughs> and, and I just forwarded you you my my write-up about okay. it. Okay, so um, it's waiting in my phone for me. Yeah, That's but perfect. but it'll be interesting. to. I would love to hear your thoughts on it because it was sure. kind of funny. Like, you're, you're kind of my, you know, my go-to for things mm. where I tell people this, right? I think that the mistake that people make as writers is that, they want to be right. I don't want to be right. Mm-hmm. What I like to be able to do is create the atmosphere to investigate. Sure. So I have my initial thoughts on the film, mm-hmm. and my goal is to kind of be proven wrong with certain stuff. Okay. Or you know, because I don't want I don't want confirmation bias. But sure. but I say that to say I wish I would have spoken to you before. Sure. I, I wrote it because you probably could have given me a little more perspective on it. But I but, figure but, like. But here we are, and yeah. I think a part of what. I mean, myself as a writer, when I move into especially something that I am meditating on, what I want to do is to just see what thoughts grow from that initial one. Ah, right. Yeah. So with Wakanda Forever being the seed, like what grows out of it now that I've seen it? And I'll be honest, I went into it, as I've mentioned to a number of people, with some misgivings and some reservations mm-hmm. going into it. You know, I wasn't hands in the air celebratory when I was going to see it. I was prepared to be somewhat disappointed, and I wasn't. I wasn't. There were certain things that I found myself less than enthused about, but as an overall piece of art, Mm -hmm. no, I enjoyed it. All right, well, let's let's jump into it. So so what did you enjoy, and then tell me Um, what were your reservations? I enjoyed the CGI first, right? So let's be clear, far better than (laughs) the first Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed the number of really complex and layered themes which maybe i think some people might be distracted by when or from when they're looking at the film but a a couple of things stood out to me immediately it was how much i was able to think about these things without them being Mm heavy-handed um tops on my list was the very real almost surreal way in which there was very complex black women's grief on Uh, screen and how that was explored Okay, well, mm-hmm. real quick, I'm gonna say timestamp at 3:03. Uh-huh. Timestamp. So, like, I want to make people know that this is gonna be a spoilers alert. Oh, absolutely. Podcast. Absolutely. All right, we so, ain't sparing y'all nothing. Yeah, pretty right? much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, are yeah. going in. It's Saturday, y'all should have seen it. But, but, but I at least want to put that in the description and put sure. that in here that sure. you know this is gonna be a spoiler alert. So, absolutely. so we can talk freely. Sure, right. sure, sure. Yeah. So, Shuri's grief. I thought was what you in some ways could have named this film Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Shuri's Grief. Mm. Wow. In, in, a, wow. in, a, in a very yeah. positive and powerful way though because yes. the kind of black female woman's grief that we see in film and pieces of art is very often someone has died tragically, someone has died in ways that they should not have mm-hmm. and black women are then left to, to deal with that and there's this kind of outpouring of emotion all at once yeah whereas her grief was almost systematic she had mm-hmm. to build an understanding of how she wanted to grieve she was rejecting mm-hmm. the elders telling her the way in which she needed to grieve yeah and to show that grief i think whereas we often rely on emotion here is someone who is black and is genius and is still connected and is frustrated and didn't know what to do with her grief. Yeah, She didn't have a place to put it in. And she wasn't 
in any way it, it it came across as messy even though she tried to be very controlled mm-hmm. and just as a psychologist that to me was a brilliant representation of it what i think we truly saw was a cast of people who were dealing with their grief for real yeah. for the person they lost and the character that they lost while they're playing the role i almost couldn't distinguish it yeah, yeah. as i'm looking at it and, and i'm gonna touch on that too so sure. yeah and continue no no go right ahead bro i want you to dive right in as you think i, I mean it. honestly all right so i was having a conversation with my friend before this mm-hmm. and, and and we'll get to the other details later but i felt that it should have been two movies okay i felt okay. that this should have been just a movie mm-hmm. of the grief because mm-hmm. i felt like I'm like, all right, you know, T'Challa died and there was no saying of how he died, which you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But I want to see how did his death impact Wakanda. Absolutely. It it just kind of just, it kind of glossed over it. Business as usual. Dog, like the, the, you know, the queen died and people in London, they they got to stay home for work. Absolutely. And she wasn't an Avenger. Shit. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, and so I felt like what bothered me about it was it felt like, it felt like, Ryan Coogler needs all the benefit of the doubt in the world, right? He does. Because I feel like amazing, amazing director, at this amazing point, director right? for one so young. But and, but yeah. on top of that, he lost. Imagine the first Iron Man coming out, and then Robert Downey passes away. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, can we spend a bit of time with that man? Because okay. before we move forward, I want to mention some of what left me in a space where I was a bit disappointed going into the film. Okay. Uh, and I prepared to be disappointed mm-hmm. was if Robert Downey died within a two month window, we would have had the next Iron Man cast. Mm. If Captain America would have died, Chris Evans, we would have had the next Captain America cast, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Batman, it doesn't matter how many times they <laughs> right, decide to yeah. make the film Spider-Man, T'Challa is as important as any of those characters. I got right? you, I feel you. Mm-hmm. And I. I realized being a comic nerd, having read Black Panther and having been like such a huge Namor fan, in thinking of their rivalry mm-hmm. as one of the greatest in all of Marvel history. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna touch on that too. Right. Why didn't we recast T'Challa was my feeling. I was initially like, this is unfair. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so like yourself, I wanted an explanation. Tell me, Ryan, mm-hmm. all of you why I don't have T'Challa yeah. in this film, especially with Namor being here because one of the most iconic moments in that rivalry is Namor walking up to him and explaining to him, yeah, listen, man, Wakanda can't beat us in a war. Yeah, And then T'Challa going about the business of systematically getting his get back yeah. <laughs> over time. right? Yeah. And I don't want to get too deep into the comic end of it because this is an I, MCU film, but yeah. I was prepared to be frustrated with yeah. what I was going to see. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like as far as Namor is concerned, that gentleman playing him was fucking incredible. Yeah, Huerta. Yeah, man. This is where my beef comes in. Go for it. I think, when I say it needs to be split in two movies, mm-hmm. I think Wakanda Forever, The Grief of Shuri is amazing, right? Right here, right? You can have an entire film right of there. of dealing with the grief, mm-hmm. how it impacts Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I felt like Lupita was underutilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela Coleman was underutilized. Sure. But had this movie show the grief, and I and I wished they had the room to do that, as opposed to, all right, imagine we lost our friend, right. we lost our lead, right. we got to make a movie, and then we also have to sprinkle in some shit for the MCV, the Correct. MCU universe to move Correct. forward. Mm-hmm. So all the 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 stories of the CIA stuff and and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and and Elaine coming in there, it just felt like, yo, man. Y'all need to give them time to breathe. I feel Seriously. like if you would have had an entire film just showing the impact of T'Challa's passing and how it impact Wakanda, mm-hmm. and that entire movie be the process of that, and then at the end, you going underwater and be like, what is this? And Namor gets introduced. Huge. I, I, because I felt like that origin story, when they're showing how he was born and how that happened, I'm like, yo, that needs to be a movie. His story yeah. deserves to be yeah. a movie. And I know they're going to have him more in the universe. They will. But, but it really felt really rushed. And I think that was always the argument with stuff in the DC universe Correct. is that it felt like they were trying to throw so there much was so in. much urgency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, 
you know, it kind of went against the grieving process. Like sometimes you bury yourself with work to be distracted. I, I'll say, you know? I, I think it was impressive given that that is how people in real life have to grieve. Mm. You really don't get enough time. You get no time at all. To yeah. make sense of it. So I thought the product that we got on screen was almost real time consistent with how humans have to go on with their lives in the midst of grieving those who they've lost mm -hmm. and living with them and trying to put together a piece of art that honors the life of that person, a piece of art that that person was connected with yes, and connected to and were instrumental in helping you to make. I mean, it, it happens suddenly while you're in pre-production and you have to then decide, okay, how are we going to tell this story now? At the same time, you're introducing this new character and they're very bravely Mm -hmm. introducing a new character even that i was like why are we changing the atlantis story yeah why are we changing namor story and i guess i should be calling them namor but i came up calling them namor <laughs> the king of atlantis <laughs> so namor right yeah. but but i think not they gave us a very real representation of what their experiences were you mm -hmm. know grieving the loss of uh, there was there was so much that was in it, and grief was in the air and in the background and in every breath that they took. I think watching Angela Bassett emote so powerfully. And I, 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 I laugh how you say no more and no more, right. and then it's Angela Bassett. It's right. <laughs> I've been calling her Bassett for right. all of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean I can't imagine how and what I thought you know bringing in a new actor. Mm -hmm. who was so pivotal, who wasn't connected mm -hmm. to the previous film in that way and having them storm so powerfully onto that space and onto that landscape mm -hmm. in the same way that the Namor character would do every time he would step into a Marvel Dog. space. Amazing. Yo, he's, he's, amazing. He, he's an incredible actor. He killed he that is. shit. I, I, I said to myself, man, when when Ramonda by Angela Bissett, uh -huh. when she was talking about, yo, haven't I given everything? Right. You know, yeah. I, the first thing that ran through my mind was like, why hasn't Angela Bassett or Bassett over ever hoist up an Oscar award? Right? Yeah. She was absolutely incredible, and and I think that not only is the movie about black women's grief, mm -hmm. it's about what usually ends up happening is black women that have to take control of shit and run absolutely. it. And so like, absolutely. so so. I think that was a very intentional thing. Be like, hey, Wakanda's being saved by black women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Wakanda's being protected by black women. Yeah. You know? And, and let's be clear, that was some of the pushback that I know in the nerd space that I operate in, you had some folks wondering aloud about the erasure of black men in that space when T'Challa was so important. And it made it, it was a very uncomfortable conversation people were having, right? You know, mm. I know myself wanting to see T'Challa in my own head. Yeah. And I have to wonder about what was in my heart. Yeah. Right? You know, are we going to see T'Challa ever again? Well, if they recasted him, who you want? Who would who you I, get? Mm. I know I've had the conversation a few times about who should be in that space. I think instead of having someone, uh, the brother who is playing Blade, now Mahershala um, Ali yeah. yeah instead of him playing Blade I'd prefer that he be given consideration now, you know the funny thing what's that I hear that he's beefing about the Blade script and he's gonna try to walk away correct. from it correct yeah maybe maybe, I would, I, I <laughs> maybe that's what he's for, trying to do I would do. love for them to consider someone like him uh for T'Challa if they hadn't already signed away um Jonathan Yaya Major. Abdul oh. Uh, Mateen oh to DC from, from D well they've signed him over now to play a role Wonder Man well, really, okay. Um, in Marvel, if not him, I would have said he's someone who should probably be given consideration. Jonathan Majors is already playing Kang, yeah. which I think he's Jonathan Majors is the greatest. Man. He's like the greatest young actor. The first time I ever saw him in a movie, mm -hmm. and I can go back and read my review. You mm -hmm. ever seen the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco? I have. I love The Last Dog, Black Man. I love it. It's a perfect film. Dog. It's a Yo, perfect film. I said it's in the article, film. I was, I was like. The director should be, or the cinematographer should be nominated. Uh -huh. I I wrote that Jonathan Major should have gotten um, a best supporting actor but nomination. That, that space all. where he's doing his play, oh, at the end where he is yo. doing. Here's what everyone is thinking. Yo. And here's what everyone is experiencing, and that is in part the actor and the directors like bring all these experiences that maybe you don't have 
firsthand into this space and play them out for the rest of us. Yo, Give us this experience. That yo, his for the, range is crazy. I saw his that was the first crazy. time I saw him out in that movie, and I know he's played in stuff before. But when that was he the has. first time I saw him, I was like, "Yo, who the fuck is this guy?" And and he's I immediately powerful. and I immediately was like, "Anything that he's in, right? He he got it." I was concerned at first that. He was going to get pigeonholed into kind of that strange black weirdo dude space. Uh, like uh, my man from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to get into that Lakeith Stansfield. Yeah, there you go. But Lakeith Stanfield has jumped right out of that space. Exactly. It yeah. has moved into others. As a matter of fact, Stanfield would be, I think, a contender for T'Challa. If he if he gets some at, creatine and bulk it, up a little yeah, bit. If he yeah, he can bulk up. Yeah. Listen, man, Chadwick bulked up. You yeah, know, you're right, to, exactly. To play the role. Oh, so, when you when so you get in the Marvel can, Universe, they're gonna pay for they you. They're gonna put you in the gym. <laughs> they gonna get you. They're gonna in put there, you yeah. in the gym. So listen, me and my boy Preach want to play some Marvel <laughs> you know roles. We trying to get right. I yo, mean, niggas yo. work, but but listen, we want to get in there. If y'all got like a couple of light skin roles, you yo, need the beige roles is dope. <laughs> <laughs> we got you on the beige roles. But I think fundamentally, you know, the film didn't suffer by not playing into the fears and the concerns mm. that many of, especially the nerd boys and fanboys had. You know, yeah. they, they needed, I feel, to tell that story and for the story to be a little bit messy because that's how emotions oh, it's and absolutely grief are. messy. It's a little messy and it should have been. It should have been. It needed to be. That was essential given all of the emotions at play and given that the grief itself became even more complicated during the film. And that's okay. It's like, okay, so how much more do we want for these people to take? I, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it this is why I felt like there should have been just a movie focused on the impact of losing T'Challa mm -hmm. because when you when you focus on a film that's just the grief and not have to the grief and not having to worry about setting all this shit up mm -hmm. and doing all the Marvel shit the mm -hmm. Marvel shit needs to do mm -hmm. you can prepare us and yourself to not have to force things right. so i felt like the comedic shit that they tried to include in the movie mm -hmm. it felt like it fell flat like it, yeah, it, it didn't need to it, be it, you know the whole the whole thing the, about the whole thing with riri when yeah. they first saw her yeah um yeah and, and i get it she's young she's a bit eccentric in some instances she's a genius she's a little difficult to yeah, manage but, but all but, of a sudden okoye all of a sudden gives a fuck about what her makeup looks like it felt it felt it felt so con contrived it was a little pushed yeah, yeah and, and it, yeah, yeah. because like the first black panther with with t'challa walks in with them sandals and shiri's like yo brother <laughs> what's our those it fit. It, it, in that instance, and the it fit. crowd it yeah passed out yeah. laughing and i'm like but but it felt like when you're trying to, I felt like the, it, it was like everybody's like, "Look, man, let's just get through this motherfucking movie," and that's yeah. what it felt like yeah. to me. And I un and and I understand that's a part of grief too, right? Mm -hmm. It's like not putting it on the back burner, but we got to work to do. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, we got these kids we got to raise. We got yeah. this tragedy that happens, and it felt like everyone was like, "Let's just get through this." So when we get through this, I feel like the future is bright. But I also felt like it it something felt incomplete to me. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I mean, I think. Many of the artists that we saw working on screen were distracted mm -hmm. and probably felt every day that they were filming, you know, what would Chadwick say here? What would Chadwick be doing? They, I imagine that for many of them, there were some days where, as you described, they were just getting through it. Mm -hmm. Right, and that came out. I mean, well, not Angela Bassett. I think she channeled all of yeah. that grief into power. And, and that's and the other Amazing, thing I felt too. Man. That's the other thing I felt too. It's like, have you ever seen the movie Clerks? I have. Mm -hmm. Wasn't a great movie per se, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but do you know what originally was supposed to happen? What's that? So there was a documentary about the making of Clerks, which is better than the movie, where Kevin Smith, when he wrote the movie and directed it, and he was trying to get, take it to you know festivals to get it picked mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And the original ending of Clerks was the main character, when he finishes his shift, he gets shot and killed. Okay. And okay. then, and then the credits roll up, and it's silent, right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, when the show was getting, when the movie was getting picked up, they were like, "Yo, we love the movie, mm -hmm. but we hate the ending." And he's right. like, and "He's like, what do you, what do you mean?" And he said, "Yo, when people a lot of times kill characters in movies, sometimes they do it because they don't know what else to do, right?" And and right. and he was just like, and he's like, "Well, how should I do it?" He's like, like, just let the guy go home. And I and I felt like, I felt like, felt like that was a cop out, maybe. Yeah, don't kill Angela Bassett. Right. Like I felt, I felt like yeah. she needed. I I don't think it was necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, did, I mean, a part of me felt like 
Um, I, I, well, I think if you're going to rush the arrival of the Shuri Panther, let me just go ahead and say that shit, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to rush her arrival, mm-hmm. let's give her more trauma to complete her turn. But she don't have enough trauma. She lost her daddy. She lost her brother. So, dude, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're saying that she now has to be the protector of Wakanda, right? Okay. She is a princess still fundamentally. Mm-hmm. She is a scientist. She's a friend. She's a sister. But she, she's not even Dora Milaje. So how, how we're is pushing she... her past that. On to queen and then on to protector. That, so, and, and that's the question. I, and that's the question mm-hmm. I had. It's like they still reference her as princess. Like, right. why wouldn't she be considered queen? Well, they had to have the entire ceremony First, in order okay. to make her the ruler. I got you, you know. I, got you. And, yeah. I mean, listen, they were big on ceremony because you got to film all the ceremonies in Wakanda. We need to see that shit. Yeah. And so we we got to get to that. Yes. Toward the end of the film, right? Yeah. But but no. I, in many ways, I think Ryan was was wise to say no. In order to complete her turn to the Panther, in order to complete her ascendancy, there has to be more. If she's going to be who she needs to be, there needs to be more unfortunate trauma in her life. Would she have made the determination and had the urgency and a desperation to become the Panther mm-hmm. in a way she needed to if she didn't suffer that much loss? Because Wakanda was already in danger, mm-hmm. and she was still willing to be Shuri. Yeah, and that's not who Shuri needed, who uh, Wakanda needed right at that moment. It needed the Panther. So, what what were your reservations, or what are the things that that bothered you about it? Um, well, my reservations going in, I mean, one was we don't have T'Challa, and the arrival of Namor requires T'Challa. So, I yeah. think they addressed that in some way. Another reservation was how are they going to present Namor because he is the mm-hmm. most narcissist character in the Marvel <laughs> Universe yeah. and they didn't present him as a narcissist. I didn't think it hurt the film. Yeah. Um, Namor is a nationalist mm-hmm. above all else. Mm-hmm. Atlantis first mm-hmm. and only. Yeah. Surface dwellers are beneath me. All of you need to do exactly what I tell you to do or I'll try to destroy all of you. Yeah. You're mortals, I'm a mutant. Right. He has all of these nationalist ideas and he pushes that first. They presented him as a very complicated character. And where Namor in the comics is complicated, I think he was slightly even less complicated than I wanted him to be mm-hmm. Right in the film. Um, him being Latinx, I thought, was a very bold choice. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he's Atlantean in the comics, but he looks more Asian. Oh, got you. In the yeah. comics. And Namor looks very Asian. Uh, and all of the nerd boys right now are probably going like, thank you, exactly. <laughs> Yo, shut up. Shut up. Shut your face. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. It's a fictional character. Get that shit out of your head. Right? Um, I thought they told a very rich story with him, but the the choices that he made were based somewhat on his nationalism. Right, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let anything harm Atlantis, but it felt like it made its way to war quickly. It felt it felt like that shit was rapid, man. It felt like, and this is why I felt like everything I needed they needed some time to spread sure, this out. Sure, sure. Right, I felt like they got the war quickly. Right, and then we got the peace pretty fucking quickly. Uh, dude, and and here's the thing about <laughs> about Namor, right? And and everyone ought to be clear about this point, man. What we saw at the end of the film was beautiful for the film. She has the vibranium spear to his neck. Mm-hmm. He has to yield. Let me tell you what you better do if you have a spear to Namor's neck. Exactly. Exactly. The actual character himself does not yield. If he says, I yield, the second that spear is away from his neck. Like, ma'am, I know you're injured. I stabbed you with this. If you move this spear from my neck, the second I get close to this water, this peace tree. And they... They took the step of making him more honorable than he actually is, and, and, which and, I thought and, was a bold choice. And when, not an and when this girl said to him, "I never expect you to do this shit," right? right. Like, listen, it felt like a misstep, and mm-hmm. it felt forced to get this nice, happy conclusion. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be let's be honest, right? Because we think about it like this: theoretically, if we're looking at just a movie, mm-hmm. Shuri lost T'Challa three times. Mm-hmm. So the first Black Panther. When he was thrown over mm-hmm. about Killmonger, mm-hmm. we lost him, mm-hmm. right? Then he disappeared after the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So you lost him. Mm-hmm. And then now you lost him. You lost Correct. him three times. Correct. I say that to say, we learned this shit with Thanos, mm-hmm. where, remember when uh, Thor got Thor- him? And that he's like, some of my bitch yo, doesn't get the head. Yep, yeah. You should have yeah. for the head. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And so my whole, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, all right, Shuri's going to stab this motherfucker. Right. And then they going to be a kill shot. Right. And it's going to, you know, be this other thing. Like, look, you know what would have made more sense to me? And you can't do it because you need to keep no more. But killing him, putting that motherfucker on your shoulders, and then flying and be like, yo, the war is over. That yeah, might have well, made more sense to me. I, the way in which I viewed it in the moment was that Namor was necessary to stop what was about to happen, which I, was I get that it. small cluster of I, I, I Wakandan warriors but my whole about thing to is, be done up. If you tell me I got more warriors than Blades of Grass, right. I don't see that one little battle right. making you stop. Right. Right? Right. And, that, and if... if Namor, the character Namor, if he had five warriors, Dog. is not yielding. And so that <laughs> felt like a misstep. Sure. I think there needed to be another way to figure out. You be honest with you, you know the best way to to get them on the same side is show another force that's going to threaten both sure. both of them at the same sure. time. Because that's what eventually does exactly, happen. Exactly, exactly. That would make more happens sense. And it's probably going to come into films down the and road. And that would make the more Doom Wars, sense. The Doom Wars, Dr. Doom showing up with his cluster. Now, yeah. now if you, could you imagine what would have happened if these motherfuckers are fighting and Dr. Doom pops up? Come on. <laughs> now we have a shared problem. Yes. He wants and, all of and, our vibranium. And then, we need to do something. And yeah. then that would make mm -hmm. more sense right. than just a... I, I yield. No, the that, only way I could see it is him sailing through the air with Shuri holding him firmly with the spear at his neck and mm -hmm. then him stopping it. Yeah. Folks, we're leaving. Yeah. This yeah. is it. This is over now. And even then, right, so I could process his last conversation with his significant other in a couple of ways, right? And she never going to look at Where, him the same. She's not. She's <laughs> she not. Use a, she's like, I can't believe this yo, bitch nigga yo, yielded. Yo, yo. Yo, I ain't giving him no cheeks for a year, bruh. It's over. Dude, the way she was talking, I'm like, yo, I can't even believe you, bruh. Yo. Are you the same Namor who I came up with? The man I fell in love with? Ah, she's like, nigga, I'm going to find Aquaman. How I'm going to tell people, man, we had them out number three to one yes. in the ocean. How we, what? You yielded? Yo. What? I swear. Nah, yo, dude, the complete, she was filmed underwater and the look of absolute resentment, <laughs> Yo. embarrassment, and shame for him oh. in her eyes. Nah, that was bad news, Yo. man. Yeah, no, I think that what, what given the, the difficulty of the task, I think the layers that they mixed in, and I was speaking with uh, Dr. Deidre Morrison, the best computer scientist on planet Earth, boop, boop, boop. and one of the things that she mentioned as a, a theme that stood out to her was the kind of growth that comes when you have the young push back against the ways of the elders, mm -hmm. right? And that, I, I thought, like, I started to consider and was like, yeah, there was a lot of Shuri disagreeing with her mom and the elder council and we're arguing with them and trying to push them forward because a part of what got Wakanda in trouble in the first place was trying to stay the same forever. Yes. Right, we now have to grow as a society, as a nation. And I think a part of what, maybe you had in the back of the mind of Ryan, whether he would acknowledge it or not, was in many ways, Ramonda still represented some of the old ways. And in order to move the process forward, right? Instead mm -hmm. of, we're in the situation we're in partly because we continue to grow this plant. Yeah. And we rely on this herb. Mm -hmm. She created the herb. Here mm -hmm. is science and a youngster moving this yes, forward. Yes. Here's how we're going to bring this about. Bringing an outsider in and protecting that outsider and using their minds and their talents in order to help us protect our borders. We're not gonna get involved in problems now. We're gonna get involved in her problems to protect her life. How, how, right. did, you, how did you feel about how they brought her into it? Uh, Riri? Yeah. I didn't, I, probably my biggest problem with the film was mm -hmm. the presence of Ironheart. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I it was necessary. I don't think it was necessary and, and, at all. Because I'm thinking between the grieving of the loss of T'Challa mm -hmm. and presenting Namor, mm -hmm. you got enough to work with. Correct. And that's Correct. And that's why it felt like that that first Justice League movie mm -hmm. where they just was throwing so much shit in there. It was just a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. No, I think Riri's an important character, but give her her own platform. And this give her felt, and give her like more room. To introduce her. And that's my thing too. It's like give give these people the room to to be introduced because Absolutely. it felt because it felt like I'm like yo man so Namor brings this you know Wakanda mining machine mm -hmm. you got 
all of these people looking for her, mm-hmm. and she's just in a dorm room. She she literally <laughs> just on campus, just chilling. chilling. Just just. Why chilling. wouldn't there have been a coterie of about eighty people undercover watching her every move? And 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 all right, and we gonna get to my other point, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I, and I felt about this with the first Black Panther okay. with, with Agent Ross is that do we really need do we really need to bring the white guy in like as much as we need to and I mean by that is like I, well well they, you in many of those hero tales have to have the one very grounded being that represents the reader yeah. well fair yeah. enough but this this had to be <laughs> Agent Ross it's like it's like, it, it's like it's like it's like how I feel about like you know I always have this complaint about the Jackie Robinson. Bro, if you're going to invite white people to the cookout, you got to have a little something that they can eat. Well, well, fair man. enough. All and, right, and, gonna, and he and he is their plate. We got some kale. And my, yeah. but my, but my, my thing is that whole thing about oh, I found this bracelet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sneak it in I, my I, pocket. I, that was bullshit. Yeah, man. exactly. And and then she said, "Oh, I have it bugged the entire time." So I'm like, "You no, telling no me? Chance. You telling me the most sophisticated technology?" From Wakanda, can't tell that something's been bugged. It was very lazy. And how the fuck do you bug the bracelet? You can't. You you, you feel what I'm saying? You can't. And so it, so again, it felt like these convenient things that are forced yeah. just to push a story up. And my thing is, put it like this: if the movie is three hours, and I still feel like something's incomplete, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was telling my boy about this today. We was going back and forth about it. I was just like, I think it needed to be. Two mil, two, 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 two films, and he's just like, sure. "Well, I don't see them shooting two separate movies. It would be too much, you know, pain for the people." I said, "Yo, I bet you right now when this come out on Disney Plus, this is probably gonna be a three there's and a half be a out, thousand you know? extras." So, yeah. so there's a way of shooting all this shit at the same time, but mm-hmm. giving the storyline. I'm telling you, like, I think. I think the audience wouldn't have had a problem if it was a movie just about no, I don't the, the humanity and the, the and the I mean the first the first Black Panther, you know, Wakanda's this really really beautiful place Absolutely. and it's this yeah. really like you know you call it Afrofuturism whatever you want to call it but it sure. was like this amazing beautiful aesthetic place sure. that that we can look into and it felt like. I wanted more time of seeing that for this I, one. I and think Andrew Ross. In the mind of Coogler, as I'm watching Ross and the forces around Ross, I think he's kind of like what they call him, colonizer, white, outside interference. <laughs> Alien interference with the greatness that we are. He represents that. Yeah, yeah. And he's lost and he's stumbling about and he's always bumping up against our shit and we're forced to tolerate him. Yeah. And I think in many ways that happens with a lot of our experiences. He's an analog for what happens in our lives, right? If we're going to have concerts... We know white people are going to buy a bunch of tickets to those concerts. So, yeah, we have to tolerate them fucking up every dance that they do. Right. We have to tolerate them purchasing up all of the shit. If we are battle rapping, we got to tolerate them showing up and joking their way through a battle. Yeah. As opposed to getting to the real shit. Like anything that we do Mm -hmm. in this space and Wakanda, all of it's an analog. They have this entire shield around themselves to keep interference out. Yeah, but it's always bumping up against that shield, right? Ross represents a part of what was done to Ramonda. This is the most powerful woman on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and you motherfuckers summon her to explain why she won't give you her shit. Yeah, the same way white folks will put you in a position, and white folks. I'm sorry, I'm calling you white folks, but you're white <laughs> folks, right? That's just the space that we in. I get doing, homies. <laughs> yeah, like white folks will very often get to a place where they will demand that you explain to them why they can't do or say a thing or have access to yes. the thing. Why can't I be in your space if I'm just quiet and I'm not well, interrupting? Why can't I say the N-word? Why can't I, say the, why can't I do these things? I'm just going too short. Why can't I call? Yo, listen, right? I think Ross in many ways is a very mild version of that interference, that interruption, and that gaze that makes it in many instances, nearly impossible for us to just be comfortable. Yeah. And Wakanda has had to, in many instances, tolerate him, allow him, and then accommodate him. Mm-hmm. As they do, because the rest of the world keeps fucking with him. Mm-hmm. That's the entire point, is we just want to be great without y'all. Yeah, right? yeah. But we have to have you fucking with us. So how are we going to deal with you fucking with us? Which we all have to do. You know, I feel that I wanted more Nakia, or Nakia, excuse me, and I wanted more M'Baku. 
And Baka was amazing every month. Same as in the first one. The yeah. dude, the, the brother is just amazing every time he's yeah. on, on screen. And, and he's I, incredible. And what makes me, which makes me want more of him, right? Sure. Because because sure. I think there was a, think about this, and this is how I felt. I thought there would be more of a story about him okay. as someone that when T'Challa was going to get the reign of the panther mm-hmm. and Baku was like, yo, I'm a fight for this shit. Mm-hmm. Almost died for that shit. Absolutely. Right? How would that impact you? Right? Like yeah. it, it'll be like it'll be like and I'm not trying to speak in this into existence, but it'll be like, all right, I'll use this because both of them are already gone. It'll be like in the prime of Ali and Frazier, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Ali dies in right. the middle of his prime. Right. And Frazier feeling like, what the fuck? Right? right. Like, like, like right. I done went 15 rounds with this guy. Right. How would that impact him? Mm-hmm. And so I think that. He was just sprinkled in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that it is um, kind of telling how we have, because I look. I think that you can say that it's just him having that movie with um, with Jordan Peele. Okay, but Daniel Kaluuya not being mm-hmm. a part of this. Sure, sure. It it made it made it gave me pause. Okay. Um, okay, and I think that was more of a reflection of it. Felt like the beef that was going on set, and that's why I'm like Ryan Coogler. I don't want to have. I don't want it to feel like I'm criticizing the movie. I mean, there's things that I wish were different. Sure, but but from but, but we feel that about most movies. But but I also know? feel like yeah. but I also feel like with Coogler, it's like he had so many impossible things to deal with. Oh, absolutely. So to me... And that's why it's a brilliant piece of art, that he managed to make it even as coherent and, as and, it is. And you know in what? In the midst of and, his own grief and process. And that's the appreciation, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's like, oh my God. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Here, My Dear. You ever heard of Here, My Dear? I have. You know the story yeah. behind Here, uh-huh. My Dear? Uh-huh. And I'll tell the listeners about it. So like, so, so Marvin Gaye was going through uh, marital issues, mm-hmm. and he and he was going through a divorce. The Ish, co- issues is light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, give you the real yeah, gravity yeah, of what yeah. was going. Yeah, and so and so the court said in his divorce proceedings, "Yo, in order to make your wife whole and pay her back, your next album, she got to get all the proceeds." Mm-hmm. So Marvin is like, "Fuck that! The next album I make then is going to be about." how our relationship collapsed. Absolutely. And he intentionally wanted to make an album where he thought was gonna flop mm-hmm. so she can get as little bit of money as possible. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but that album mm-hmm. was an entire grieving process Correct. that even there were moments of brilliance, mm-hmm. there was still really discomfort with mm-hmm. it. And it's like, you get through it. You and, know what I'm and saying? That's in many ways, I think, where you can see with the actors and the direction they threw away the sheet of music. Yes, there is a lot of just playing in whatever note has meaning to you. Yeah, in that instant, I think Mbaku, uh, Winston Duke, for yeah, me, like clearly you could see the kind of almost happiness he was bringing into his moments. Yeah. It seemed like it was a relief for him to put yes, the, the, yes. the armor of Mbaku back on. And to do the deed, and I think he was. I wanted to see many more instances of him. Uh, on, I thought he moved every scene that he was in along. It felt yes. natural, and it progressed. Dude, when he called her a ball headed demon, woman, <laughs> bruh, and bit his carrot, I'm like, nah, this man getting ready to. But like the one thing that threw me in the film, like he's fighting and he's doing his usual, you know, and Baku destroys everything around him and then he goes to take on uh, Namor. Bruh, Namor knocks Sonic rings out this yeah. nigga. He punched him <laughs> dead in his solar plexus, bruh. That's <laughs> like, how was he not half dead? <laughs> <laughs> did, yo, he flew about 150 <laughs> feet from his spot. How did yo. he survive that? I was like, yo, Baku's a human, man. Nah, we're not doing this, bro. But, but no, I, you, you had... I, I was wondering about Daniel Kalu's character, and he was mentioned exactly once, mm-hmm. right? And I understand, you know, there's a backstory I don't want to say much about because it's going too deep into the comics, but I imagine it's going to be introduced at some point between Okoye and between Anika, Michaela Cole's character. So that's probably coming. They sprinkled that in there. They sprinkled a little bit in there. But I feel like 
even her should have she should have been more in the movie because, just, because she's important. And well, not just that, she's a fucking like like and maybe and maybe this is what it is. Black Panther is a spoil of riches, right? Sure, when it comes sure, to sure. black talent. Absolutely. To the point where Mbaku or uh, you know, Duke is like an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Lupita is an amazing actress mm-hmm. who has a fucking Oscar. Sure. And and they choose to use her in small segments. Sure. And so sure. and so she was minimized, certainly. And so me wanting more of them, I think, is a reflection of how much talent they have mm-hmm. around them. Um, but I, I, I kind of feel like, yo, man, if y'all if y'all got Michael Jordan, why is he playing only 10 minutes in the game? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I think, you know, and I, if I have, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Michael Jordan. You know, Michael B. Jordan pops up in the film, mm-hmm. right? And I thought he was wholly unnecessary. Yes, wholly unnecessary. I mean, that's, um, that's you know what that is. I think Michael B. Jordan to to Coogler mm-hmm. is De Niro to Marty Scorsese. I would say so. Back, you know what I'm saying? I would say so. I just just count on. I would say so. You're just going ca- to see him every every movie. Him. He gonna so be in there somehow. Too. Yeah, and I think maybe he is one of Coogler's blind spots as a result. Yes. Right, like he's the least of those actors who were yes. who getting busy in that film. You yes. know, even someone as inexperienced <laughs> as Tanak Huerta outshined him. And, and you yeah. can do a lot with a little bit of time on screen. You mm-hmm. know, Winston Duke wasn't on screen for long. Same for Lupita. Mm-hmm. Um, Letitia Wright, I really thought, being a psychologist, I see the way in which people struggle with grief and how they can try and subsume it, how they can try in many ways to disguise it, mm-hmm. how they can try to redirect it. Mm-hmm. She demonstrated in her facial expressions, her body language, and what she was saying and what she was struggling with trying to accomplish and finish so many tasks. Like she displayed such a powerful range of grief and emotion mm-hmm. in that instant. I think she did a masterful job. Yeah. Right. And maybe, um, and maybe a lot of that wasn't acting. Oh, no, I'm certain it wasn't. Yeah. I'm certain it wasn't. And the actors who were newer to the cast, you could see that they weren't carrying as much. Yeah, and bringing that it makes into sense. the role with them, like, yeah. and, and that was good in many ways to have no more show up because he's like, none of the bullshit going on with you matters to me. But yeah. that is where it was a little inconsistent. The character of Namor from Atlantis. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if he busts up in your shit Yo. and floods it, yeah. He's finishing the job. Ain't no, I'm back in a week. Yo, I'm over like, yo, no, 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 bury no. your dead. Uh, Mourn yeah. them. See you later. It's like, yeah, no, it's like this, <laughs> this isn't any build the butcher honor amongst thieves moment. Like, no, I'm going to finish you off while my foot is on your neck. I push it through to the ground. And, and that's, that's my thing. Like, that's why I felt like the killing of, of Angela Bassett's character was kind of weird because it's sure. kind of like. Yo, nigga, you just killed my mama last week. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I got this spear on your throat. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and I think, you know, them exploring, are you going to be some version of who you are, being a member of your family, and, you know, this protector of Wakanda, her struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Part of what, with the T'Challa character in recent years, has been interesting in the comics anyway is that he's been making more of the difficult choices. Mm-hmm. And the response to the character hasn't been a positive one, largely. Mm-hmm. He's been painted as someone who's been more mercenary, who's been more distant, who people have been arguing with more and having a problem with. Um, even he and Storm have been having a lot. He married Storm, y'all. Yeah. So the Lupita character who actually goes on to become Malice, who tries to kill him. <laughs> they out here, she... All right, All right, let's, not, let's not dive deep into well, that. Well, but... well let's, let's dive into this part, Okay. right? Um, I knew I knew T'Challa had a son. Absolutely, I, I knew right. that was coming. Um, how did you feel about how they presented that or introduced that? I I thought that was arguably the worst part of the film. Agreed. It's the part of the film that I enjoyed least. A- yeah. Agreed, and mm-hmm. and it felt again very forced and contrived. Because, to but if you like, give me two movies, mm-hmm. you can give me time to let that. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing about the Lupita part about it, where it's just like, yo, if you love this man and y'all got a kid and all this type of shit, it's like, yo, if there was a movie about, if you would have had a Wakanda movie focused on the grieving of those mm-hmm. individual people, mm-hmm. it could be, let's show how how his sister is dealing with everything, mm-hmm. it could show how his mom is doing with stuff, mm-hmm. show how Lupita's character is dealing, you know, mm-hmm. and give it that room to show how the death that. impacted Wakanda. That, yeah. Then you could have introduced that story. Right. You know, then you could have right. did it instead of doing this whole package mm-hmm. thing to make it this nice little bow on top. Yeah. I, I didn't like that, especially especially for the fact of like, yo, 
you trying to <laughs> Shuri is like, yo, you told my mama about this? Oh yeah, your mama knew. Didn't and tell me. You 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 feel me? Yeah. Like that yeah. makes no sense at all. Yeah. Right? You telling me that at my brother's motherfucking funeral, you didn't tell me? Right. That yeah, yeah, yes. Because y'all made the y'all made the de decision for me. Yo. Right. It, and that's a part of what and none I of think that. Shuri was struggling with. Maybe but especially, and, and it bothered me, especially because of what happened with the first Black Panther. Okay. Because Killmonger. Mm -hmm. Because the whole thing was, here's this secret child right. who's attached to Wakanda. And is yes. abandoned halfway around the world. So yeah. that is, because that doesn't make sense that T'Challa would ask for that. Correct. Based on what he went through with Killmonger. Even them explaining, you know, he didn't want him to feel that pressure. It's like there's so, for a society and a series of communities and a collective of people are so supportive, yeah. they would have made every bit of room they could it, for it, that. Exactly. Child. There was, there's Every not, bit of room. Yo, yeah. like, look, dog, it's not yeah. like, it's not like, you know, it's not like <laughs> I always feel about, you know, Michael Jordan having kids. It's like, hey, man. If Michael Jordan's your daddy, just don't play basketball. <laughs> Avoid that. Do everything else, man. Yeah, it, Do everything it, else. But but I would feel like T'Challa's son would, right. wouldn't have that shit. Going I mean, on. well, in I guess the notion is because he's his son, the pressure would have been there for him to have to be the Panther someday. And T'Challa knowing what that was like. And knowing those pressures didn't want it for him. But dude, you have to earn that mantle. Yeah. He could be challenged by anyone. Yes. So yeah, I think it was just kind of shoehorned in. It was forced upon us in just kind of as a plot point to move the story along. Let's and, wrap and this, and now we I... have to prepare for this. And now also prepare for M'Baku as king? Yeah. M'Baku's the guy now? That's what we're left to assume? Because he challenges, and we don't see who challenge, who returns his challenge or exactly. who stands before it. So I'm assuming M'Baku yeah. is now king? Because the Black Panther didn't want it, she didn't want it. Yeah, right. She sent him in her stead. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. like, yo, it's, it's, it, and, and that part about it, I, it was just this. I don't know. Maybe the idea was, and I think it's a sound one. Part of what she saw T'Challa struggling with, and what made him make the determination that he and he he and his woman made about their family was that she saw the difficulty of carrying the mantle of Black Panther and wearing the crown. Mm. Perhaps it was too much. So mm -hmm. her being the Panther now is like, I'm not going to do both. And grieve. Yeah. And have to be protector. I'm not going to be queen and be responsible for it. So put someone in that position who's going to do the job well and allow me to focus on doing the other while I'm also grieving. And I guess the question is, will M'Baku make a good king? Yeah, and and... I feel like um, that's why, like, if he's gonna be the king, mm -hmm. I I I really wish there was more with him in there because sure. because I sure. I feel like there's opportunities for for storylines that I just find interesting. Sure. So like so the Mbaku story after losing T'Challa, I would be like, yo, this is like this guy was I wouldn't say necessarily he's your enemy at first, mm -hmm. but to go through this relationship with him mm -hmm. and to officially lose him. Correct. Like, I think there's a storyline there. Absolutely. Um, it also pulls into Jabari lands, which is mm -hmm. a very rich space we, again, for us to explore. I, yeah. They always touch yeah, on yeah. it as this, it's like going to your- It's over there. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like going to your granny house down the country. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You don't talk much about it, but you go there, you know, <laughs> you, know yeah. you go there for, for Thanksgiving uh -huh. and you go back home because you hate being out there. It's right. like, I think that was an opportunity to, to explore that part of it as sure, well too. Sure, so sure. so yeah, yeah. Um I mean listen, the, the ladies ain't gonna complain. They want more in Baku. You know? <laughs> right. they've, they've, been, they've been calling for it forever. Exactly. So <laughs> So ladies, go on the hand write Marvel. Let them know you need an Mbaku project ASAP. <laughs> so so what's up with these Marvel shows that they're doing? What are, what are they what are they gonna do after the spin offs? Um spin offs from Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I think we're well we're getting Ironheart mm -hmm. uh for certain. I don't know that we can expect too much out of the Wakanda lands. Maybe we get something in the Jabari lands, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, we're definitely, it looks like, going to get something centered around Adora Milaje mm -hmm. that's going to focus on their lives, which I, is going to be interesting that, yeah. because they run missions. Yeah, They run missions. They even run missions as war dogs outside of and, uh, Wakanda. So and, and we'll I see hope, some of that. I hope the, the Marvel Disney 
um, world doesn't dilute it. They know their audience. Okay. They know their audience. I think this film, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, as far as the fan base was concerned, this project and every Marvel project, y'all, you're just going to have to acknowledge it. Pandering happens. Yeah. Pandering is going to happen. Like, as I mentioned earlier, no other major character would have simply been written out of the film. Yeah. Right? They're going to show up at some point. Superman was dead as hell. Yeah. They found a way to resurrect his ass in that mess of a Justice League film. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no. Yeah. That, so T'Challa could have returned, but there was a groundswell of support. And I know some of y'all are going to come for me on this. There was a groundswell of support to make sure that we had a film that represented the lives and ways of black women. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. You know, that needed to happen because black women haven't had the opportunity to have a powerful hero presence on screen. Yes. And in shows. And I think this was powerful because of how representative it was in every way. Not just emotionally. This wasn't just black women playing the role of support. This was black women out front getting every bit of the job done and saving the day. There hasn't been that representation. So I think a lot of people, many of our close, close friends included, were like, no, go on ahead and do it. Don't wait. Yeah. And it's a reasonable concern to have because had they waited, there's no telling when we would have gotten the Shuri Panther. Yeah. Marvel might have benched it forever. So I get the urgency. Yeah. To to get this here. There's gonna be some pandering and some of it is positive pandering. But I think yeah. that's a part of what it was. Let's do this now. There's a call for it. I think they listened. There were enough people saying, Don't recast, that's our Panther. Mm-hmm. But as I was having personal conversations with people and it's like, Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? And my sense really was that folks wanted a black woman hero already. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on ahead and make it happen. And it was at potentially at the cost of having T'Challa recast. Yeah. And, and and I still feel like there might be, you know, I don't know what they would do and how they would do it, but I don't see Shuri remaining the Black Panther, you know? Yeah. Um, considering that these are comic book movies, I wouldn't be surprised in any way if they just retconned and rebooted mm-hmm. at some point in the very near future. Well, you know, this is where the... Um, they're doing all this multiverse time warp yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just going to be, oh, it's going to be a different universe. Yeah, because, oh. I mean, you, you in fact have the, the coats run, mm-hmm. which moves them into space, mm-hmm. right? So you can easily have, all right, Earth 778, Panther yeah. makes his way. So oh. no, there's an opportunity yeah, for the, it. Yeah, the, the Spider-Verse shit. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. Like, like, yeah, Correct. yeah. So, so I see that. Um, overall, I put it like this. And this is the way I described it in the article. The first Black Panther, you had everybody dressing up, wearing dashikis. Sure, sure, sure. It was this joyous occasion. Uh-huh. And the the screening that I saw, mm-hmm. there was something that was really small that happened, but it was really, really, it really struck me. It was like, it was two young black kids and two black women. And while the movie is on, mm-hmm. they're FaceTiming people, showing them that they're at the movies watching it. Interesting. And they were excited to show them that they were at the theater. So the common movie experience that we see right now. Well, well the thing about it was, you know, the movie is actually on. It's you on can right actually, now. You can actually yeah. enjoy it. Right. And so to me, they didn't give a fuck about the movie as right. much as they gave a fuck about the symbolism of the movie. Listen, I'm here and I get to tell people I'm here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which and, is a and, lot and, of how people are engaging art right now. Which, which, that first Black Panther, None. if somebody would have pulled, if somebody would have pulled their phone out to, yeah. boop, 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 you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and that's where the shift I think has happened is that, sure. is that it's become this part of, I don't know, like it, Black Panther is going to become a, a verb now, right? I, I think many people I've been observing, and my experience was a slightly different one. I was at a drive-in on Thursday night mm-hmm. in the rain. So there was that bit of the interesting background and watching it with my family kind of in a car, closed up with each other, kind of feeling what we were feeling. I think what we're seeing is people struggling with their emotions or knowing how to respond. Mm. Right, what they're preparing yeah. for is are people going to be very sad? Mm-hmm. Are people going to be very joyous? Is it going to be a mix of those emotions when I'm in the theater? So what do I do with it? I think a lot of people are doing exactly that to fend off of some of what they're feeling. Yeah, they don't right? want to feel it. Yeah, I don't want to feel it in full. Oh, which, which by the way, 
Marvel has always been this escapism. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So, so I get away from the and, real world. And listen, and they could they could um control when you're gonna feel something emotional, Absolutely. right? So so Tony Tony Stark's dying, mm-hmm. we can control that. Absolutely. And when real life get in the way, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, fuck, what do we do? What do we do now? You know, so and and yeah, and and in this one, you know, you're looking at our community has become unfortunately so exposed and so accustomed to dealing with our grief and our loss in a very public space, in a public sphere, mm-hmm. having to explain it. Here we are with a piece of art that gets us away from the shit but drops us right back in it. Yeah. Kind of what do yeah. we do yeah. with that? I want you to come go to the movies to right. escape your grief. And now right. you're gonna go to the movies to see grief. Right. Yeah. Mean, and that's what I think made it so complicated for me is you know, coming you know, being black and then even associated with so many nerds, them fighting and arguing in that way. I'm like, I can't even escape yeah. that part of it because they're like, you know, well, there should be to try dude, just enjoy the shit as yeah. much as you can. Yeah. And I had to turn down the volume on some of that myself and then prepare to see what I saw and then deal with my own emotions. Yeah. And no, I imagine that there are a lot of people, you know, you and I have a high level of emotional intelligence. Mm. There are some fuckers out there, you (laughs) know, and some people who (laughs) completely lose it and fall apart. And I would suggest that that is any and all responses, any and all reactions, any emotion that's attached to it is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Anything else you think we need to cover? Anything else you haven't touched on that you love or don't like about it? Man, no, I think we we covered everything, man. I mean, I coming on the heels of Black Adam, yeah. you know, and then moving into how, this how was that? Did where, you like it? Um, I enjoyed it. Okay, I, I would say that it's a bad film that I enjoyed <laughs> okay. a lot. All right. right. It was, right. it was like a whole bucket of chicken, bro. You know what I'm saying? I know I don't need to eat this shit, but this is so good. It's so yeah, you my, know? But, yeah, yeah, My yeah. homegirl, I haven't seen it yet, but my homegirl was just like, it's just full of all the comic book tropes. Just dumb, She's like, just dumb as hell. But what about Woman King? Have you seen that? I haven't yet. Okay. Um, and I, I have to, to take the time to be sure to see it. I'm probably going to stream it. I had every intention of doing yeah. so. But yeah, I got to get around to it. You caught it? No, not yet. Not but yet, but okay. a friend of mine is telling me that there's some there's some issues with that as well. So, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. like and 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 maybe when, you know we're not looking for a perfect movie. I mean, because no. I bet you if we rewatch the original Black Panther, there's certain things that we kind of like. Eh. That's that's why I mentioned the CGI. Yeah, like Ryan yeah. made sure to go into the first meeting and pre production and was like, "Give me the good niggas on this I, one." I, I'm gonna tell it. you though, some of the CGI on this one, and maybe it was because. I had to go through two screenings because okay. I'm being honest with you. The first one I went to was at three o'clock. It's the earliest okay. I could see it. That's right. And yeah. the sound was fucked up. It's that right. And okay. I was like, and I walked to them. I was like, yo, I am <laughs> right. not about to watch this movie. Ain't gonna with happen. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't happening. So, so they split, so they sent me to a four o'clock showing. Okay. And and still, it, I don't know if it was the theater because I was dealing with so much shit with okay. this theater. When the Atlantis scenes, it mm-hmm. felt really, 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 really dark. Yeah, well, my son mentioned um, how dark the overall color palette looked. Exactly, to him it was, the film. there was a lot. There was a lot of yeah, that yeah, that yeah. it felt really, really, really dark. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, is it? Is and we it ain't talking theater? about the actors and shit, people. <laughs> right? We know, we know our people are dark out here. Man. So, <laughs> we know not an overall palette of what we were seeing on screen. And that was, and that was kind of like the the Snyder. Um, critiques when he would direct sure. something, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Is that sure. aesthetically it'll be really, really, really fucking dark, you know? Yeah, I think Kugler probably as a filmmaker pays more attention to the story he's telling. Yeah, and a lot of what we're seeing is okay. You know, you have your sound editor and mixer, and you know, you have your CGI, and all of them are coming in like, here's how this has to look. Yeah, and he's focusing more and make sure you get my story right. Yeah, he's like, you look good, man. You know what I'm saying? This right. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and and the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. What did you think of what you heard of the soundtrack? I haven't heard it yet, except the stuff that was in the movie. I, yeah. I particularly didn't want to listen to the soundtrack until I saw the movie. Um, so I'll say this much. I think that uh, that Rihanna track is very run-of-the-mill. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing special about the song to me, but there is this song at the end that is in, I don't know for sure what language it is. I want to say it might be Old Mayan, it sounds like, and mm-hmm. I don't know the na- exact name of the language, but it's a beautiful tune. All right, I'm going to get to it. It's a beautiful tune. I'm going to get to it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. all right, so will you see it again? Oh, yeah, I'm going to see it. I might see it as soon as Monday. I know, and let me shout them out real quick. The University of South Carolina Black Male Initiative trying to make sure that they are keeping brothers mentored. And in school, they are doing a screening of it. So any brothers who are in any walk of life or profession who want to be down with the Black Male Initiative, support and mentor young brothers, they're doing a screening on Monday. Try to get on board quick. I I want to. And and not just do the screening, but. If I I don't do the screening, that's something I'll be interested in. So give me some 
okay. information. I'm, I'm, will, I'm down I will with make that. sure, and I'll say it right here, make sure you get a hold of Shay Malone at USC. That's S-H-A-Y Malone. I'll pass the information directly to you, brother, so you have it. All right. All right. All right, I think that's it. Anything, yeah. anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Listen, I'll promote myself. Uh, yeah. Napoleon the Blurred Psychologist. I write a little bit of everything. Look up Napoleon Wells. Google knows me. Google is a good <laughs> friend of mine. Google says good shit about me. Clinical <laughs> psychologist, the best one on planet Earth, brother. What about you? Uh, I'm Priest Jacobs. I'm, I'm doing some fly shit. And uh, y'all be hearing and seeing a lot of this shit soon. We kept this right at an hour. Good for well, us. In, in one second, yeah. I am a brand ambassador for Thoughts for the Culture. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure to mention them. Check out Thoughts for the Culture at Threadless. Okay. And Thoughts for the Culture oh. at Instagram. Yo, okay. I need to grab something. The people with the hoodies. Okay. And the, yeah, yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, grabbing yeah, something. Yeah. I'm grabbing something today. Yeah, 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 so yeah, literally, yeah. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going okay. to edit this. I'm going to post this shit up. So Perfect. by the time That'll you work. get home, this going to be It's going to be up. That'll work. All right, listen, folks, man. You know, we loved the film and we love you. All right, that's it. Negro League Podcast, holla at you soon. Peace. I'll be